time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Thrivology Podcast designed to help you thrive. And as I've often said, no matter what's happening in your world, no matter what happens to you, and that brings us to where we are right now. As I record this, this is coming out like immediately after recording it because I'm trying to stay right on top of where things are in our culture, and our world, what's going on, and, and kind of point towards how we can still thrive in spite of a pandemic that is just driving all of us into a state of weariness. I don't know about you, but that is what I'm watching for people around me, people I care about for myself, that is just wearying. Every day, you know, there's more stories and more news and so many more uh, things coming at us. And, and you know, now we're wondering, how long is this going to go on? We thought maybe it would be over in a couple of weeks. Now, I, I can tell you, I didn't believe that. But lots of us were thinking that maybe a couple of weeks. And now we're thinking, okay, wow, all the way until the end of April. And, and honestly... I think that's a very optimistic perspective, but what are we going to do during that time? We can't wait for life. We got to keep on going even in those weary times. And yes, there is some place of survival mode in all of this, but the question still comes, how do we respond to this? Because remember, the heart of thriving is choosing how you're going to respond from what I've said from the very beginning of my discussions about thriving was that it's something beyond what most of us are used to doing. First, there's this survival mode where you're just kind of making it through. And for many people, that's the feeling they're having right now. And for some people, that is even where they are. You know, there are some people who really are on the edge of, of struggle and difficulty and people who are getting sick and people who are recovering. And, and it really can be a point of just how do you survive? But what I've realized in my research is that even in the midst of surviving, we can choose how we're going to move forward in this and what we take from this. The next thing that I realize is that there is this level of resilience for people. And, and I can tell you, that's where we're looking for right now is people are going, how can I get back to normal, right? And normal is resilience. How do I go from being down somewhere, being knocked down to getting back up to my ground level? And so if you think about the kind of the span, zero is just normal. You know, that's where life is. And then when you get knocked down, that's into the negative numbers. And then if you're really climbing on up, that's to the positive numbers. And resilience has always been about how do you take on the struggle and get back to the ground? How do you get back to ground level? So a lot of the resilient studies that we've relied on over the years are really about how do you climb back up to ground floor? Then in the basement, how do you get back up to ground floor? But this is really about how do you get to the second floor? You know, How do you get to the rooftop? How do you get to the panoramic view? How do you thrive? That's the next step beyond resilience. And so part of resilience is understanding that things will get better. Part of thriving is saying, even in those times, I'm going to choose how I live. Which brings us to kind of the point that I wanted to talk about today. How do you hope? How do you hope in the midst of these tough times? Because sometimes that's what keeps us going. In fact, I believe 
that having a future vision of knowing where you want to get to, even if that future vision is just tomorrow, even if that future vision is maybe just today, you know, the next hour, that can keep us moving forward and keep us focused on where we're going to get to. I believe that hope, just if you think about that term hope, hope is about looking forward to a possible future. Humans don't function well when they lose hope. And for many people, they think it's either, you know, I have this sense of hope, it comes upon me, or I have no hope. When I was a chaplain in the hospital at the beginning of my career, I watched what happened when people had hope. They would push through whatever it took. I remember watching people go to physical therapy and push and push and push to try to get that that ability back, the ability they'd lost in some way back because they wanted, they had hope of getting back to things. I watched people who'd been given terminal diagnoses who had hope of making it to some event, maybe a child's wedding or graduation or birthday or something, uh, you know, even a holiday, and, and they pushed forward and they held on through that. I also watched what happened when people lost hope, when they gave up, when they fell into despair, and I saw how it changed their approach to their own self-care, how it changed their own health, how it changed their own outcome to know that hope was a significant part of the process. Now, back then, I had no idea how you could institute hope if somebody lost it. I just knew that that was a motivator for people. And you can watch that in the world today, how people try to find some hopeful path forward. When we're looking at even the immigrant process, why do people go somewhere else? Why do people flee somewhere? Well, sure, they want to get away from whatever it is, but they're trying to move towards hope because there are people who don't leave, who are lost in despair, who just don't see a way forward. There are also people who stay in difficult places because they have hope of making that place better. So understand, I'm not saying that that's the whole deal. But for many people, the process is to move towards hope. Years ago, I was uh, in the Dominican Republic when they were dealing with what did they do with the Haitian uh, refugees coming into Dominican Republic. They share an island. They're both on that same island. And I was talking with somebody, and the person was uh, lived in DR, and they said, I just don't know why they come. And I said, because hope brings them. I mean, that, that's the process. We, are all, we always move towards hope as humans. And when we can't move towards hope, some bad things, some tough times happen in our lives. That's true for human nature. We are a, a creature that needs that hope. I don't think my dog thinks much about what's going to happen next week or next year. I don't think most animals really are thinking consciously about what what is next week going to hold for me. But humans have this thing that we need to have that hope to pull forward. Hope is always looking toward that possible future. Now, sometimes you can't see past this moment. Or maybe sometimes you can't see past this uh, place where you want to be, you can't see a desired future. That often happens in our lives, and and sometimes it's a very short-term thing because there are some blocks that keep us from seeing that. For instance, a crisis. This is one of those moments where you're like, "I, I just can't see how this moves forward. You know, what I've noticed is there are some people who have just said, forget it. I'm just going to live my life and take my chances because I don't see any good outcome from this. We know that that puts people at risk. 
there are some people who are just saying, you know, I just, I hope that I don't get sick. That's not real hope. But a crisis can get in our way of seeing a way forward if we're not careful. A crisis tends to overcome us and overwhelm us. And sometimes we have to wait for the crisis to settle just a little bit, or we have to step back from the crisis to see it. Another block is loss. Whenever that loss is, loss of uh, some capacity in ourselves. You know, I watch people who sometimes lose some control of their life. Maybe they get sick or have an injury or something that changes what they're capable of doing. And they struggle to find hope, find that possible future because of that. Now, studies show that most people find that at some point. They find a new normal and move forward. Sometimes it's a loss of loved ones by death or by moving or or some other way. And, And these days it may be by illness. And because of that loss, we can't imagine how to move forward. But the thing is, we humans reweave our lives. That's just our natural way of doing. That's what we do with grief. When I was back in college in a class on grief, I remember the professor saying, our grief process is the reweaving the web of life. It's reweaving it around that loss. It's finding another way. And maybe it's going to be patched. Maybe it's not going to be the same. But we do reweave our our life and, and move forward with that. But a loss can keep us from seeing that possible future. Sometimes it's circumstances, losing a job or not knowing how you're going to deal with the next issue or problem. And that is certainly true for many people today. Many people are facing you know, reduced incomes or loss of jobs or struggles along the way. And those circumstances can make it hard for us to see forward. So what do we do about that? How do we expand our possible future? Well, one of the things is that there are always multiple possibilities. And so part of our task is to ask, okay, if this can't go, what's another possibility? If this won't work, what's another possibility? Now, I can tell you that's a struggle, and many people will push against that and say, no, no, I want this outcome. The problem is that sometimes... We have to change direction. Now, I've often used the idea of a journey as being a representation of, you know, let's say, for instance, here I am and today I go, I think I want to head to California. So I have a journey ahead of me and I can go, wow, I'm really looking forward to that. I could be hopeful about getting to, let's say, California. I mean, San Diego is supposed to be a beautiful area, right? So I decide I'm going to go there. And so I think about that. And let's say that I even make my plans around that. Let's say that I even choose how I'm going to get there. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to you know, put in the address I want to get to and it's going to route me and I'm going to get on that road. But what if I'm driving along and suddenly that road's washed out or under construction? Now, I could say, okay, there's no other possibility or I can say, what are the other ways around it? How can I reroute? So part of our expanding to see multiple possibilities is willing to include other paths that might get us maybe not even to the same place. It's possible that I can't even get to that place I wanted to go to, and I have to choose another one. But maybe that other one has some pretty cool stuff too. It's different, but it might be a place for me to land also. So we expand and include more. Now, hope is an interesting concept, and it brings up this issue of how we hope forward. 
There is this thing called the Stockdale Paradox. It's named after Admiral James Stockdale, who was a former prisoner of war and obviously rose into the ranks after that to be an admiral. But he is one of those people who was instrumental in helping others survive as a prisoner of war in Vietnam. He taught others how to communicate with each other without getting caught. So they would have the, the tapping system to make through there. He also made people aware that they only had to push so far if they were being tortured or, or somehow assaulted that you know they only had to hold on for so long before they gave so much information. He actually created a code for how much you could give depending on how much was done to you and it be excusable, understandable. So he gave hope to the troops who were in prison. And so he was asked, you know, how did people make it out of there? And his answer was faith in the end of the story. Faith in the end of the story. That's hope. I have a hope that there's going to be an end to the story. I have faith in that. So that's what got people through that event. And if you're familiar with Viktor Frankl, he pretty much gave the same answer of how people survived the Holocaust. They had hope. They had meaning in their life. They found some meaning in what was going on. And his idea of meaning comes very close to what most people would say as hope. They saw something possible, some way of doing something good for others that created meaning for them that would help move something forward. So James Stockdale says that what made people get through it was faith in the end of the story. So then he was asked, so who didn't survive? And he said, oh, that's easy, the optimists. Well, most of us kind of think of optimists as being the hopeful ones. But what he meant by that was it was the people who had created a definite outcome of how it's going to play out. Not that it would play out, not a faith that it would get to a different place, but exactly how it would. And the problem with that is what do you do when it doesn't happen? What do you do when you say this is going to be over by Easter. This is going to be over by summer. This is, whenever you, you set that and it passes, you know, what the, if the day passes. That's kind of what has happened in our culture these days. A lot of people have made arbitrary statements about how bad it's going to be, how to compare it, what's going to happen, and then they don't pan out. You know, it's, it doesn't happen that way. And then they don't know what to do other than punt, right? Other than try to come up with some other explanation. And so what James Stockdale said is that people who were prisoners who then placed their hope in it would be over by Christmas. Maybe they even started before that and said, oh, we'll be out of here by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving comes and passes. Nothing. Oh, we'll be out of here by Christmas. Thanksgiving. Christmas comes and passes. We'll be out of here by Easter. Christmas. Easter passes. We'll be over here, out of here by the beginning of summer, by the end of summer. At some point, because they're setting the definite point and that doesn't happen. They're setting the, not a possible future, but a definite future that they want to have happen. When it passes, they're lost. So instead of having a faith that they would make it through and that there would be an end of the story, they put themselves on a path of a faith that it's got to go this way. A plan that has got to go to this date. And when it passed, they were lost. We can use that as cautionary stuff now because this will pass. There is faith in the end of the story. We know that. I mean, we have a history of pandemics. And right now, we can look and say, but this is even a different pandemic than all the ones before that did pass. And the difference now is how much more we understand about what causes disease. 
what causes these issues, what we can do to change the trajectory of this, how we can support people who do get sick. We have a much higher knowledge and, and every day gaining more knowledge in how you deal with this specific one. So this will pass. At some point, there'll be treatment or a vaccine or it will burn itself out, probably a treatment or vaccine before that. And this will pass. We'll get back to normal. Are we going to have some difficulties in the meantime? Yes. Can we predict how everything's going to go? No. Do we know a date? No. But we do know that there will be an ending to that. So part of our uh, struggle is when we're putting dates on things or expectations on where things are going to be at the end of this, instead of going, it will end and we will move on. History shows that that's what humans do. It's built into us. We are overcomers by nature when we choose to hold in the hope. So how do you do the hope thing? Well, it turns out that there is an equation for hope. Now, when I was a chaplain, it was in the early 80s. This information wasn't out there, but it's out there now. That information is about the hope equation. The hope equation is this. And by the way, this was created by Charles Snyder back in the 80s and 90s. But hope equals a goal plus a process plus agency. Write that down. Hope equals goal plus process plus agency. Hope equals goal. So what's a goal? It's the desired outcome. You have some goal. You hope that something's going to happen. So you have the goal in mind, whatever that is. Plus you have a process which is the method to get there, plus you have the agency, which is actually just the willingness to do it, to take what you have to do. You have to have all three pieces. Now, just kind of think about this for a minute. When we have a goal, but we don't take any action towards it, it's not particularly hopeful. It may be wishful. You wish that somehow that's going to happen. But the goal is just this thing that's out there that's arbitrary and and you can't really make any progress because it's just a goal. So you have to then figure out how to do it. Let's just take this into real life. Let's say that you want to write a book. There's your goal. You want to write a book, but you don't know how to do that. You need a method. And so you may look up courses on how do you write a book? How do you, you outline it? And maybe you, you go back to your high school stuff and you think about how do you, how did you ever write anything? And so you go all through that until you realize that you have your process, your method. You've got a computer or some other device, maybe even a notebook, and you're just going to write it down. So then you have your method. The thing is, there are lots of people who have a goal and they even have some method. They just don't take action. They don't sit down and do that. Several years ago, I was at a conference and I was headed back from the conference. The conference happened to be a lot of people who were authors and speakers and coaches and other people in that world. And I got into uh, the Uber and the Uber driver said, oh, what are you doing here? And I I told her what I was doing. And she said, oh, have you written a book? I said, yeah, I've written a few. And she said, oh, I've always wanted to do that. I said, oh, well, what would you write? And she kind of told me a little bit about what she would write. And I said, how would you do that? I mean, yeah, I know you're busy. She, she'd already told me she had kids and all this going on. I said, how would you do that? She even told me a little bit about how she would do that. And I said, so have you started? 
No, but I keep thinking I would like to, is what she told me. And I realized that what was not there was the agency. It's not just the willingness to do it, but the taking action. It's the stepping forward in this. So our challenge these days is figuring out how to move towards that outcome. But now you have a formula, a specific formula. You just just can sit down and plug in. What's your hope? Where do you want to get to? Think about how that would fit everywhere in life when we have this challenge. I wish I'd known this when I was working in the hospital. So I could sit with someone and say, what do you, what's your goal? What do you want to get to? I didn't even have to say, let's create your hope. I could have said, what's your goal? What do you want to try to accomplish here? We could come up with that goal and then we could say, so how do we do that? Maybe we talk to the doctors or the therapist or the nurses or someone that can help us create a method to do that. And then how do you step into that? Now, it's possible that along the way, as you move through that, you realize that you've got to change your goal. Let's say that you have this big goal and then you find out that that is absolutely impossible to get to. So it doesn't matter even if you're willing to do it, you can't get there. So you might have to change the goal. Let's say that I found out that for whatever reason, San Diego is now cut off from me. Where else could I go? California has lots of places. And by the way, there are a couple of other places I could go, a couple other coastal areas I could move to if that's what I wanted to do. So just because that gets knocked out, what is my next place? And so you can begin to play around with those three pieces. What's my goal? What's my method? What's the process I'm going to do? And am I actually willing to do that? Do I have the agency to do that? Here's the thing. Let's say that I have chosen my goal, San Diego. I even chose how I'm going to get there, what process. I'm going to drive in a car and I'm going to stop a few places and, you know, I'm going to pack certain things and I'm going to use something to uh, guide me there, maybe an app on my phone to guide me there. I can do all of that. But until I get in the car and I turn the car on and I start driving, nothing has changed. It's just still that goal. But as soon as I start driving, I'm moving towards my goal. And what I've realized is, A lot of times those big goals are accumulations of little things along the way. So when I talk to the person in the car who was thinking about writing that book, I just suggest you that maybe she just take 15, 20 minutes a day to just write each day. Here's what I did when I decided to write a book. I started getting up an hour earlier. I started writing for an hour, one hour a day. And even writing an hour a day doesn't mean you're actually writing for that full hour. I had to sit down, get started, think about where I was, grab a cup of coffee, and then write, which gave me about 50 minutes, maybe 45, 50 minutes of writing each day. That's how I've written several of the books, because they're accumulations. We accumulate the successes along the way. Here is where it fits in now. We need to be thinking about where we want to be at the end of this. What's our hope for how we come out of this? Who will we be better off? How will we be better off? And who will be as better people at the end of that? That begins to create our goal. And then we can start thinking about how we would get there. The thing that is so interesting about this this time in, in culture is even though we might be stuck in a house or in an apartment or in a tent or wherever, we can still get a book. We can still listen to podcasts. We can still watch courses. We can still hear courses. We can still talk to people. There are ways that we can reach out and find the process that we need. And then it's up to us. 
And this is where we are ready to step up. We can allow this to overwhelm us or we can step beyond this and ask the question, how am I going to move this forward in my life to my desired outcome? It's a tough time. I get it. We're all weary. The question is whether we step into this and lean into life, try to breathe something new while we're waiting for this to pass. I'm pulling for you. We're all pulling for each other. Let's bring more thriving into this world. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving life. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.